Hi, morning church. It's a brand new year. You know, every time when the year ends and the new year begins, it signifies God's faithfulness over our lives. As we look around, we thank God, you know, uh, for what has, He has been doing in each and every one of us. And the thing is this, that we need to continue, even as we start this new year, I pray that we will have that desire and, and that passion to allow God to, to work in our lives so that we will be drawn closer to Him and to walk closer with Him. Amen? So that is our hope that, you know, even as, as we continue to, in this journey of faith, that we will become more like Jesus, that we will get to know Him even in a deeper and more intimate manner because God you know, is, is, he's, he's really, you know, I want you to know that God is really into us. He really loves us. And He wants us to draw closer to Him because He values that relationship that we have with Him. So I want all of us to understand this, that God is not just merely, uh, you know, a, a program, yeah, that we're coming to church. is not just merely an activity but every single day that God desires for us to be with Him. And I, I can tell you this, even though it may sound a little bit morbid, but I, I want you to know this, that every year ends and every new year begins. It also brings us closer to God, in a sense. Either we're going to return to Him or He's going to return to us. You understand what I'm getting at? And, and, and I, I just want to encourage us that there's so much that we can look toward, uh, you know, uh, in, in this year, to look forward uh, in this year because I believe that God will continue to prepare our church to work in each and every one of our lives that we will be truly coming to a place where we can be disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's why we want to, you know, encourage us, remember this, even as we start off the new year, what our church believes and hold on to, strong in the word, strong in the spirit, and also we must be a people of prayer. So word, everybody say word. Holy Spirit, prayer. Amen? So this will always be, you know, the, the foundation of our church that we will, you know, continue to, to love God's word more, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be a people of prayer, a church of prayer. Amen? So this coming Wednesday, our first prayer meeting of the year, please do come and pray together. Amen. If you have not been coming, you know, it's, it's a good uh, start for the year. Amen. All right. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. All right. You, you guys know that, um, you know, uh, in the past few sermons that I preached apart from uh, Christmas, uh, you know, our Christmas event that we have started on the the, the seven letters to the seven churches. And I say this, that with every change come with challenges. Every change will have its challenges. Change is not just going to happen just overnight, but the challenges that, that, will, you know, that we go through will, will shape us and will help us to become you know, more of what God has intended. Then that's why the, the, the letters to the seven churches are very important, even though it serves as a warning, but we also must look at it that at the end of every of those letters to every church, there is that reward that God has for those who 
have overcome. Amen? So these challenges that we go through today, even in our time, is also, will also be a test for us. So we're going to continue on, all right, on, on the, you know, with the letters to the seven churches. So far, we have covered only three of the letters. So today, we are going to go for, you know, to continue on with the fourth. So the first letter to the church of Ephesus, what we have learned is this, that God must be a priority. He must be our first love. Amen? Because God wants to be relationally prioritized, not problematically included. That what I mean is this, that a lot of times that we tend to only include God when we have problems. So God should never be like that. But God wants to relate to us every single day of our lives. And we also learn that, you know, even in the church of Ephesus, the letter to the church of Ephesus, that works can never replace our love for God. These guys, they were really, you know, they have a lot of good works. But God said that, you know, that they have forsaken their first love. And then there was the letter to the church of Smyrna. And this church, you know, the, the, the admonition is this, or rather the, the encouragement is that, that, you know, we must be faithful to the very end. Persecution is bound to happen to believers in Christ. If we think that, you know, we are just going to, you know, breeze through and sail through this life in, in easy waters, we have to rethink again. Christians, we must be ready for persecutions. And then the third letter is a letter to the church of Pergamos. The moment we dilute our faith, we will begin to live a life of compromise. That's what's the warning to the church of Pergamos. You know, our convictions will be thinned and eventually we will lose sight of what is right. Therefore, believers must be convicted. We can't be believers who are not convicted. We can't be believing but yet not convicted by what God has said in and through His Word. Amen. And you know, in all these letters, that God wants us to be overcomers. God doesn't want us to be undercovers. So this morning, we are going to look at the fourth letter to the church of Thyatira. Everybody say Thyatira. Okay, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 to 29, we're going to read a little bit, all right? Is that okay? Come on, help me to preach this morning. All right, and it says this, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, this thing says the Son of God who, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the, the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, 
As many as do not have this doctrine, who, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put you, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come, and he who, who, he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Everybody say Thyatira. Thyatira is the smallest city compared to all the rest of the places that, was, you know, that, that were mentioned here in the book of Revelation. And surprisingly, or rather if you look at this, the letter to the church in Thyatira is the longest compared to the rest of the churches. Thyatira was a trade city where the people were mainly blue-collar blue workers. In Thyatira, there are guilds or associations that control the city trade. So if you want to work in Thyatira, you have to join a guild. If you want to be employed, you have to be associated with one of those associations or one of those guilds. And all these associations, they have one common practice, the worship of Apollo, and they, they will have their parties. Alright? So, even in the first century, in Thyatira, Apollo was named, or rather was known as the Son of God. They even have coins minted with the image of Apollo with the Greek, Greek inscription, the Son of God, because Apollo was the son of Zeus. So every time when you use that coin, you will see Apollo's face with the inscription on, it, on the coin saying that he is the son of God. And in that culture, it was in that cultural you know, context that Jesus was speaking to in this letter to the church of Thyatira. If you are part of a guild, you are expected to recognize and worship Apollo and join the pagan parties. Christians, they were challenged to worship Apollo and adopt their pagan parties to avoid being removed from the guild. Friends, let me tell you this. Just because society and community around you are doing it, it doesn't make it right. Majority does not determine truth because truth is truth by itself. The problem was that some Christians in a church in Thyatira, they began to tolerate in order to make a living, to have a life. So the will of Jesus and truth were slowly eroding away. It is shameful that Christians are dumbing down God's standards because they don't want to offend and be called intolerant. Do you know that the word intolerant even today is a word that many try to avoid? And a lot of times when we speak out, we become intolerant. And even in church today, we have to be very careful because I want to make some things clear today. 
Because a lot of times, we often hide behind this whole thing about being judgmental. I want to clear the confusion. I want to clear the air about this. Sometimes people think that when we speak out on God's truth, we are being too judgmental. But I want you to know this. We are always to judge the distinction between truth and error. We are to judge legitimately. We are to judge biblically. We are to judge lovingly. And we are to judge responsibly. But we are not, we are not to judge discriminatorily. Alright? We are not to judge selectively. We are not to judge preferentially. But we must judge what is right and what is wrong. Some even say that if we judge, we don't have grace. How many of us have heard that before? But you see, grace must work with truth. We can't have one without the other. How many of you have heard of sodium chloride? Okay, I'm not very good with chemistry. I didn't do well. All right, in my chemistry, uh, you know, subject. But sodium chloride is a mixture of sodium and chlorine. Am I right? If I'm wrong, please, please tell me, all right? Okay, sodium alone is combustible, is flammable when in contact with air or moisture. Just by itself, it is flammable. It can explode. And chlorine, the chlorine gas is poisonous. Any one of these alone is detrimental, but when combined, we get sodium chloride, which is table salt. And table salt becomes useful. So, we cannot just only, you know, stand on just truth without grace or grace without truth. We must have both grace and truth. Grace without truth or truth without grace is harmful. Remember, Jesus in John chapter 1 verse 17 says that Jesus is grace and truth. So we, we must have this both. So we cannot just stand on one side and say, hey, you know, Christians, we should not judge. If you judge, you have no grace. Or on the other hand, is that, you know, we must be filled with grace, so therefore we do not judge. So to sum that up, is that we must, grace, we must graciously judge or we must judge graciously. Alright? So the thing is this, we must have, everybody say truth, we must have grace. Alright? So coming back to the letter to the church, to Thyatira, Jesus specifically mentioned that they have tolerated the woman Jezebel and her teachings. This was the same Jezebel in the book of Kings. Of course, we know that Jezebel did not live, you know, all the way until the letter to the church in Thyatira. But the, the thing was this, the, her demonic influence was still present in the church even at the time when this letter was given to the church of Thyatira. And I can tell you this, it is still present today. That is why Jesus warned us about the Jezebelic spirit and her teachings. It is demonic, it is control, it is idolatry. Can you imagine that even until this very day, 
this is still causing damage to the church. But it all begins with tolerating. So the problem with us today, if we are not careful, that we begin to tolerate. And that slowly will thin our perspective of who Jesus is and his truth in our lives. Look where Jezebel had led the children of Israel to. Remember in the book of, uh, you know, 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah at the Mount Carmel, he gathered all the children of Israel together and he asked them one question in verse 21. He asked this, how long will you stop when will you stop faltering between two opinions? That is what tolerating will lead us to. We will always falter between two opinions. Friends, I want to encourage you, going both ways won't get us anywhere. And Jesus, he searches the minds and the hearts. He knows whether one is really a Christian or one who is faking it to make it. If we keep on tolerating sin, God knows it no matter how well we package it. That's why it's very crucial for us to come to a place to recognize what is truth in our lives. But you see, even Jesus said this, that God gave Jezebel a window of opportunity to repent. In verse 21, Say, I gave that woman Jezebel time to repent, but she refused to repent. You see, sinning is bad, but refusing to repent is worse. Eventually, it will lead to calling evil good. So that's what tolerance will do to us, that it will bring us to a place where we will call evil good. Because we do not see the distinction between truth and error anymore. So there are four ways of tolerating that we have to be careful of. Alright, I'm going to share with you four points. Is that okay? Number one, the desire to fit into culture. The pursuit of culturally relevant must never be at the expense of truth. Too many times we are not careful, we want to be culturally relevant until we become so diluted that the world don't see us as believers or the church any different from them. I remember, you know, the late Dr. Neil Patterson who said this when he came to our church and he, he was just sharing with us. He says this is, is a problem when non-believers come into church and they feel very comfortable in church. And I was thinking, you know, why he said that? So I asked him further, I said, you know, Dr. New, what do you mean by that? Because when a moment an unbeliever comes to church and becomes so comfortable, it doesn't, he doesn't see the need of God in his life, the need to even repent, the need of coming to God because he sees no difference from the church and the world. That makes sense. Because if we, you know, sometimes we, if we are not careful, we can be, you know, so into just pursuing culture 
but neglecting the truth. Being relevant must be founded on truth, not on the interpretation of truth. Being culturally relevant is not our main aim. Church, I want us to understand that. Our aim is becoming disciples of Jesus Christ and making disciples of Jesus Christ. To be disciple, to make disciples. As a church, we must not exchange truth with culture. So please, I want to encourage us, don't ever come to Harvest Generation Church and think that, hey, we must be, you know, our church must be in the latest trend. We must, you know, be in the latest hype or latest excitement. We should never be driven by all those things. We must be driven by our love for God and to be, you know, disciples of Jesus Christ and to make disciples. Amen? Can I hear an amen for that? All right? So remember this. You know, these are the four ways, all right? This is the first way of, of you know, uh, tolerating, all right? To fit, the desire to fit into culture. Number two, the failure to recognize sin. We must call sin as sin. There's no way to package it. There's no way to, you know, to, to, to bring it in another way or in another form. Sin is sin. Everybody say this, sin is sin. And we must be okay to call sin as sin. If we fail to recognize sin, there will be no meaning to repentance. That is what the devil wants us to fall into. That repentance is no longer relevant today. Because the moment that we don't see the need to repent, there's no need for God in our lives. But the wonderful thing is this, God will always give us opportunities to repent. Because God never expects us to be sinless, but He calls us to repentance. Repentance is powerful because that changes our whole entire relationship with God. So every time when we lead someone, you know, in, in the prayer, all right, uh, to, to, you know, to receive Jesus, we always say this, God, forgive us of our sins. We thank you for your love. We thank you for what you have done. Forgive us of our sins. Because we must recognize there was sin that separated us from God. And repentance is the way of coming back to God. So we must, as a church, we must recognize sin as sin. And we must be okay with it. Friends, remember grace and truth. Grace and truth. We can't tell people that, oh, it's okay to keep on sinning and no need to repent. God still loves you and God you know, will still bless you. God will still, you know, uh, be with you. I tell you what, friends, if there's no repentance, there's no forgiveness. Because repentance and forgiveness work hand in hand. Amen? And the third way of, you know, to, to, to tolerate is the lack of God's truth 
Friends, this happens when we depend on opinions more than truth. The sad reality is that many today don't even know how to read, how to study, and how to apply God's Word in their lives. The Bana Institute came out with, with a uh, study or with a research, and they found out in America, all right, 44% of, only 44% of believers in Christ believe in absolute truth. Can you imagine that 44% only believe that there's absolute truth? Friends, I want us, I want to encourage us to pursue the truth of God's word in our lives. We must learn, we must know how to read the Bible, we must know how to study the Bible, we must know how to apply the Bible in our lives. A good sermon once a week won't be enough. Once in a while, Bible study in church is not enough. Applying God's word when we are in trouble is not enough. We must learn to apply God's word in our lives every single day. We must read God's word every single day. We must study God's word every single day. It may sound so basic, but I tell you, our friends, this is so crucial for our spiritual health, to have God's truth in our lives. Friends, God's word must be constant, must be part of our lifestyle. I don't know about you, but I want to encourage you, don't just look forward to just a good sermon. We must learn to read God's word together. As a church, we must love to read God's Word. And it's sad that today, many Christians don't read God's Word as they ought to. But I want to encourage us, read God's Word. Amen. Turn to a neighbor, tell a neighbor, read your Bible every day. Amen. The, the funny thing is this, we can listen to three or four sermons in a day, right? We, we turn on YouTube or we log on to somebody's uh, church and then we, you know, we, we can listen to a sermon you know, uh, for, for the entire 15 minutes. But if I ask you to just spend 15 minutes reading God's Word, most people will struggle. That should not be the way. We must learn to read God's Word every single day. Amen. Yeah. Number four, the fourth way to cause us to tolerate is the inability to stand. What do, what do I mean by that? It's that we lack godly standards in our lives. Friends, we must have godly standards in our lives. Not what people tell you like godly standards that you know that this will strengthen your stand when your faith is challenged. 
a lot is coming at us to sway us to their ways and to force us to move our goalposts. If we do not have godly standards in our lives, we can just easily sway away. If you are working in, your, you know, in the corporate, you will know there are many ways to do things unrighteously to get you to the top. If we don't have godly standards, we will come to a place where we will use, or rather we will, you know, make excuses like everyone is doing it. That's how the way it is run. That's how the way it is. If we adopt that kind of, if we tolerate and adopt that kind of lifestyle, friends, we will not be able to stand in the last days. So friends, it's very crucial for us to have godly standards in our lives. What God is saying is more important than our comfort and our acceptance. I don't know about you, but I believe that every one of us, there's something that God, you know, would challenge you even this year. Some standards that you need to have in your life, godly standards. Or you've been compromising, you've been tolerating. I think time, it's time to stop. Always remember that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. We must hold on to him no matter how much the pressure of a society might throw at us. Amen? So remember, don't tolerate. Turn to our neighbour, tell our neighbour, don't tolerate. Amen. And the wonderful thing is this, the reward is to rule with Christ when He returns. And Jesus said this, and I will give Him the morning star. I will give him the morning star. And I was just, you know, doing some research. What is the morning star? Is, is, is God going to give us like how children church, when they do something well, they will be given a star, a stamp? <laughs> but no, this morning star is the glorious and the brilliance of the heavenly nature, just like Jesus. So when, we, when he returns, those who are raptured, those that are raised from the dead will receive a new body. Amen. And to rule with Him in the millennial reign of Christ. So this promise is for us if we overcome. Friends, remember this. Jesus has never called us to be undercovers. He has called us to be overcomers. So I want to encourage everyone, even as we go through these seven churches, I know that you know, it's not easy because it serves as a warning. And in a way or another, even for myself, it's also a challenge because you know, there's a little bit of here and there that I, I know that, hey, I need to set it right. But we thank God that God has given us the opportunity to make it right. Amen? Because the day will come Amen. When Jesus returned, 
and then it will be too late. So God already, you know, in centuries before, have given these seven letters to the seven churches to serve as a reminder, as a warning, and also as an encouragement to us, even today. Amen? Please don't ever think that the seven letters to the seven churches are only meant for the seven churches. Remember, Jesus said, He who has an ear, let him hear. This is to the believers in Christ. And the challenges that we go through today, you know, is not any different from when these seven churches or the letters to these seven churches. So I want to encourage you, remember this. Don't forsake our first love. Amen. And we must be ready for persecution. Don't ever think that we are just going to breeze through our life. Everything is just going to be fun and, and, and easy or comfort. We must brace ourselves for persecution. And we must be convicted. Our belief in Christ should never be something that is just, you know, a, a, a moment of inspiration. But it must be convicted throughout our lives that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Amen? And then today, we have learned all right, that we cannot tolerate the woman Jezebel. All right, that causes the people to falter between two opinions, to commit sexual immorality, yeah, and to eat foods, uh, food offered to idols, to Baal. And that mixture that causes the people to have a diluted perspective of who Jesus is or even Jesus as Lord. Of their life. I often tell this to people that Jesus is Lord. Even though, you know, He is our friend. He's, you know, I, I believe that, you know, many of us, we have sang that song, Jesus, my best friend. But don't ever forget that Jesus is also the King of kings and Lord of lords. He will come back and judge the world. Amen? He will come back as a judge. So friends, I encourage us, if there are things in your life that you've been tolerating and you know that it's not right, we've got to get it right. Amen? Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you strength. Especially for those of you in a workplace that maybe is very toxic, maybe it's, it's a place where, you know, everybody is doing it and you know that it's not right. But like what I say, majority does not make truth. Truth. Truth is truth by itself. And you don't know what to do. Ask God, God, please help. Please give me wisdom. I want to be able to make a stand, to have a godly standard in my life. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. He's going to help you through. But the key is this, to always walk closer with Jesus. Walk with Him. Amen. And that's why these seven letters to the seven churches are very important for us today as a church 
Because these are challenges that we will go through or we are facing even right now. So we need to understand. We need to hold on to God. Hold on to His Word. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. For those of you who are watching online, I just want to encourage you. Continue to look to Jesus. Pray that so far this, we have covered four letters and you know these four letters will serve as an encouragement to you. We know it's not easy to, to digest, but the word is the word. <laughs> this is a warning that God has given to us. And we must learn to love His word more and more. Amen. Come on guys, how many of you this year that you would want to grow in godliness? I don't know about you. I, I want to grow in godliness. I want to draw closer to Jesus. I want to have godly standards, higher godly standards in my life. So that I know that when I walk on this journey, on this path, that I know every step of the way, God has ordained it. God is with me. That every step is blessed by God. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that even as the start of this year, Lord, we do not just desire to be hearers of your word, but also doers of your word. Father, we pray, O oh God, let there be a, a renewed, Lord, even a deeper love for your word, for the Holy Spirit, to be a people of prayer who will always walk close with you, who will be able to hear your voice, to know, O oh God, the times and the seasons. Lord, to know what to do, O oh Father, even in the time such as this, O oh God. And Lord, we pray as, Lord, we have learned from, Lord, these letters to the seven churches. Lord, we know, O God, that it serves as a warning and also as an encouragement to us that we can be overcomers because of what you have done in our lives. So Lord, we pray that we will not take that for granted or to take what you have done for us in vain. But Lord, we pray, O Father, that we will appreciate, we will cherish and treasure every single thing that you have done for us, your word for our lives and the gift of the Holy Spirit upon us. So Lord, we pray, may we all, every single one of us, Lord, you, have, Lord, you know those who desire to see that this year, Lord, will be a year of a deeper walk with you. Lord, even, Lord, uh, Lord to grow in godliness. So Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, may we be drawn closer to you. May we be disciples of Jesus Christ. May we also be people who will make disciples of all nations. So Lord, we thank you. Lord, continue to speak to us. Holy Spirit, continue to bring that word into our lives every single day. That God, that we will know your heart. That we will know your will and your purpose. So Lord, we thank you again. For this morning, we thank you 
for year 2022. Thank you that you've been faithful and we know that 2023, Lord, your faithfulness is going to be more and more evident, oh Father. So Lord, we thank you, oh God. We pray that be with us. Lord, we pray that the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will always be with us. Lord, not just this week, but throughout the entire year. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to a neighbor, tell a neighbor, remember, don't tolerate. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic week ahead of you. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.